So how are you, George? Good. Thank you for asking. Um, it's been a better week. I finally regained the weight that I lost two weeks ago. Um, and I was just sitting there thinking the other day, I was thinking, wow, it's, it's just like two weeks wasted. Because um, I mentioned to you the other day, like my progression in the gym has just been, I've just been playing catch up for the last two weeks. And it's just kind of just fucks with your head a little bit. But then I was thinking, you know what? The last time I was in bed and this ill was... I can't even remember. It wasn't, it's not like it happens all the time. So it's going to happen again at some point in my life, most likely. So I just get over it, crack on. But yeah, back to, back to the, back to where I was originally now, which has been good. And I'm just building upon that now. Um, it's been a bit difficult if I'm honest with you, because my appetite hasn't been the greatest. Okay. So trying to regain that weight is been quite not challenging, but it's been oh, sometimes, but I've done it, which is good. It's just been a little bit more of a struggle this time around, considering I, I was ill. Normally when I'm ill, I'm like, right, I'm ready to eat. I'm buzzing. But coming out of the stomach bug uh, uh, and already, you know, appetite isn't that great after just being in off scene for so long. You're just kind of like, oh, repetitive sort of feeling. But I've done it. It's all right now. Nothing's nothing I can't do anyway, that's for sure. But outside of that, mate, had a rest day, took the dog for a walk, did some work. Normally I kind of situate my check-in on my busier days around my rest days, which is nice. So that was all done. Um, and now I'm just chilling for the rest of the night, which is good. Something which I try and do on my rest days is just have more chill time and learn to do fuck all, which is are hard. You, are you finding with your training setup at the moment that you like on some days, you're not getting any time to relax pre-bed? Because I know that on, is it tomorrow you have a late session? Mm. So yeah, my Tuesday sessions are like half five to half seven. Right. And then back in at nine o'clock, the next following morning to do my push session so it does yeah like I, I have to really really nail that Tuesday night because going in what I'm finding is if I don't nail that Tuesday night I go into that session and I do have a meal before it's not it's not it's only like I have um two bagels and 100 grams of salmon it's just something very light just to tie me over to when I'm done but I know it's just not enough for me when I go into that session I can just feel it yeah. It's just not enough. I would ideally like to get at least two or three meals in me before I train, not one. Uh, I know it's a massive difference, especially with pressing first thing in the morning. Wow, it takes me so much longer to fire up and get my joints moving. Whereas throughout the day, I don't know, just maybe I'm just doing more throughout the day. I've just been, my mobility's better. I've woken up a little bit. But the morning sessions, especially the push sessions, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit, but I can't, I can't train any other time, annoyingly. Yeah, I think like we talked about last time, it's a case of, it's not perfect, but it's a lot better than a lot of people, what a lot of people have at the moment, for sure. And But something I've been noticing at the moment is that because I'm forced into training at a specific time, so at the moment it's one to three. So two hours, got to get it done in two hours, pretty much, got to get out. Uh, what I'm finding is that my routine at the moment is actually probably the best it has ever been. Like it's not really taken away from training too much. Like usually I'd have a little bit more time for isolations at the end. And I'm like sometimes having to superset a few things, but what it's changed in my routine is that I, I get up in the mornings and not that I was like going slow some days, but I have intent every morning to get the work done before we obviously have to go and, and leave for the gym. And it, it basically results in, like the best work efficiency I've ever had in the sense that I'm not only given good feedback to, to check-ins, but very concise, very straight to the point, um, basically better overall feedback than in the past. Maybe I'd, I'd blab on for a little bit too long and create videos that were maybe a little bit too long in general for some clients that were also busy individuals themselves. I work with a lot of clients that do coach themselves or run multiple businesses and, they've not necessarily got the time to watch, you know, 12 or 15 minute video or something like that. So getting their, their feedback in a, in a more condensed, but still very high value check-in. Sometimes actually I've found people are giving me feedback on them and they're saying, actually, I really prefer it when you just send me across something that's sort of six or seven minutes long. Um, so I've kind of learned a few things there. And I've equally learned because I've asked some clients, um, I'm like, you know, do you prefer it when it's a little bit longer? Um, and some clients have literally been honest with me and they said, look, like I actually do prefer it when you make a slightly longer one. Um, so for those clients, I've, I've kept it a little bit longer and I've chatted more about, 
you know, like occasionally in our check-ins, you know, maybe we'll have like a slightly longer one, but we'll chat more about maybe just life stuff in it, you know, because a lot of my clients have been coaching for long enough to comment more on what's going on in their life, not just what's going on in bodybuilding. So I think it's like a fine balance, but it's certainly something that I think I'm learning more now as the, the business sort of grows to a level where I've got the opportunity to help a lot of people. Um, I want to make it so that I can help as many people as I can, but without taking away from, from that quality that I do think that I stand for and that I know that, you know, you want as well in me as a coach. Um, so yeah, that's just a little bit of a, a coaching ramble, so to speak, but definitely something I've been thinking about at the moment based on how my days have been. And then equally it allows more time in the evening. Cause in comparison, when I was training at like, it's crazy how much time I spent in the gym and with the gym process. Do you remember when you came up to Ultraflex and I was in the routine of like going to Starbucks pre? So that schedule, we'd be in Starbucks at one and we'd stay in Starbucks for literally like, there we'd be on WhatsApp, all of us like doing form clips and stuff like that. But for me, I couldn't do any real check-ins in Starbucks. Obviously I need like loom or the sheets and you know what the drill is. So we'd be in there for like 45 minutes and then we'd go to the gym. We'd like sit down, have pre's, write out the logbook. And then we wouldn't start training until probably like half two, quarter to three. So that's already two hours in which I haven't even started training yet, which, which was nice. You've got to spend a lot of time like with Cuba and Meg and Cam and Hannah and things like that. Um, but equally, it's a large chunk of our day, you know, even for Cuba and obviously for Meg now coaching um and cam and hannah you know all busy people you know, it was a lot of, it was a big chunk and the training session were, were long as well you know you know what they're like they're, they're long sessions so yeah. i wouldn't get home until like half seven you know um so you know now conversely i get back at you know from where i'm traveling even traveling further to a different gym you know i'm getting back at like four and then i'm able like the last couple of nights legitimately i've been in bed at 8 p.m 8 p.m. I've been knocked out as well at 8 p.m., um, which is, I, I just love that routine. Um, and it's something that I've read on Jordan's log, on Oscar's log, both of them, like, even though Jordan's obviously very busy, his routine is like going to bed at like eight, half eight, and he wakes up at like half four or five every day. And he's been in that routine for like years. So I do think there's something to that routine that works well. I was going to say that's similar to like your 2017 prep. Yes. Yeah. Going to bed very early. We used to get up very early. I remember seeing you posing in the living room when it was dark for at least a couple of hours before it started getting light. And I mean, I think obviously for me, I'm, I'm still very routined when it comes to the off season, but on prep, that's where things change quite drastically for me. And it's very routined and I have to do this at this particular time. Whereas I do allow myself a slight, slightly more freedom in, in the offices like I might stay up a little bit later might stay in a, I don't have a particular time I always get up before seven o'clock but I don't whether it's half six one day or quarter to seven the next day it's not really too much of a problem for me um as long as that I'm, also balances your relationship a little bit mate sorry to bite in but you think that also balances your relationship because obviously in this might stay up a little bit later you might need to spend a little bit more time with her or something like that do you think that helps with that side of things as well, staying up a bit later. Absolutely. I feel like, especially when you are so serious and dedicated on your prep, that I kind of like use this time to almost kind of give back a little bit and allow to stay up a little bit later, allow to do things a little bit spontaneous. Um, so I kind of get the best of both worlds there. But yeah, I think I, I can't stress the, the importance for me in routine, especially when it comes to work. Like after I've trained, I hardly do anything I must admit like the quality of my work is just pfft. yeah but beforehand when I wake up I'm, I'm such a morning person that I can do what I do I pretty much tick off most of what I need to do before midday um and that's just through just being efficient uh, and yeah my yeah, it's like five hours I'll be doing work for five hours it might not sound long but I do a lot in that time um and then throughout the rest of the day it'll just be you know whatsapp maybe a little bit of you know, laptop work. Um, I, I really like that. I, I do really like that. The only problem I'm having is on those Wednesdays, 
I train at nine o'clock in the morning. So I try and do, you know, check-ins before I go, but I don't want to do too much that I'm too focused on that, that I take away from the performance and clients are sent through their check-in either the night before or first thing in the morning. And I'm not getting back to them till like one, two, three o'clock in the afternoon, which is a little bit shit. Um, Cause I like to be back in a couple of hours, you know, that's a part of the service. You want quick efficiency, not send a check-in and you get it two days later. That would never happen. But even that still bugs me out a little bit when I'm a couple of hours behind where I usually would be, um, especially after training night before, then training first thing in the morning. It gets to that point where luckily I have a longer sort of rest. So from the Wednesday morning, I finish about about 12. I won't train till Friday evening next. So it's a long gap between in terms of rest. But just that sort of rest of the evening on that Wednesday, I'm just a little bit mashed from having to train in such short period of time. Um, so yeah, that's where my quality sort of goes downhill. But other than that, mate, I still get it done. There's no complaints about it. I'm getting more inquiries now, which has been good leading up to obviously the gyms reopening. I don't know about yourself, people inquiring more, people showing interest, wanting to, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of get their spot before they all go. Cause I've got five coaching spaces available before they all get full and all that fucking shit people talk about. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm um, I'm excited for, for all of that. And I'm excited for where business goes this year because it's been a little bit, you know, I mean, throughout last, I don't know why I'm waffling, but throughout last year, it was good. Had my moments, had better moments. Uh, I'm just hoping that this year will just, just go up. I don't have to go through this sort of bumpy ride. I just want it to go up and, you know, build upon it instead of having to kind of go, oh, fuck, like I've lost a client here or oh, I've lost another one. Because I don't know about you, but for some reason, I think about it in my head, I think, oh, I, to some, is, is he going to leave soon or something like that? Then someone leaves and then someone else leaves in some short, like it might not happen for like six months. I don't lose any kind of six months. I'm like, fucking hell, I'm doing so well. And in the space of like two weeks, you can lose like two people and you think, are they talking to each other here? Is this, yeah. is this plan? What's going on? I don't, I don't know why that happens. It's very strange. You know, figure out. You know what I think that is? I honestly think that is something to do with, I know it sounds crazy, but like, the whole what you put into the universe kind of like happens you know like when we talk to Keithy and he like thinks about the lift all the time like I genuinely think that when you lose a client you start to think you're going to lose more and then when you get a check-in from another client that you knew you knew maybe is on the edge of maybe coming to their end of their journey they leave because you've got it in you almost like put it out there into the universe um it sounds screwed up but i genuinely <laughs> think that's true because I, I can totally relate mate 100 you know um and i think it's also point like point it's a good point to, to to note is that even where i'm at right now when i lose a client i still don't like it I still like it doesn't it, i don't lose someone and think oh, okay don't worry i just filled the spot i i do still think oh, god like damn it like and i still do get that thought of you know, geez, you know, what, what happens if I lose two or three here? Or, you know, what impact does that have on 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 my my earnings and the business growth? And, you know, as much as it doesn't it doesn't place any of the same sort of like pressures that it did when I was building the business, it it still does, you know, definitely uh, weigh on me, um, which I think for other coaches, you know, potentially who have you know hundreds and hundreds of clients or whatever, you know, um, maybe they don't worry or maybe people think they don't worry i don't know but um essentially all i'm trying to say is, is that i think the level of care that we have for our clients will always be the same regardless of how big or successful or how many people we, we do end up coaching so um anyway we've got um we've got a lovely little guest waiting in the uh the uh, beyond the stage waiting room what do you reckon our waiting room looks like? Like when actually people like come on the show, you know, if, if it was a real life show, what would the waiting room be like? I was thinking it would be like the big brother, big brother room, you know, oh, like yeah. big brother, AJ is ready for you. Can you please enter that door? And then yeah, they just, yeah. <laughs> I reckon I had to like some snacks in it and stuff. <laughs> well, this one, a bit of, um, a bit of test in, in, in this one, maybe, yeah. maybe a fridge full of, uh, full of, um, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. Just, <laughs> just run out of androgens to mention. Um, let's get him. Let's get him into the um, into the uh, proverbial room. <laughs> uh, Who is the main man? 
It's connecting to the audio. There he is. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> How um, how do we know we're going to approach approach the podcast with that introduction? Consuming food. What's uh, what's the meal? What's the meal on on wheels? So we have um, a bowl of cocoa pops with protein. Um, we have saurine, and we have, for health reasons, a banana. Uh, okay. Is it so ripe? It's it's ripe enough. Okay. It's ready for action. We'll go inside. So you've just you've just got back from um, from a session, yes? Yes. How yes. was how was said session? Um, it was as good as it could be. Yeah. Is what do, I'm to, do you care to enlighten us a little bit more, Jack? As you know, we're very free flowing in this podcast. So just as a note, we are actually already recording. So before you say anything, think about what you say. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Um, that's not my that's not my strong point thinking. No, 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 no. Um, uh, do you care to enlighten us on your um your current your current training situation? Because we almost like to jump into a little bit of where people are at right now, um, rather than the typical, hey Jack, for anyone who doesn't know you, who are you? Um, <laughs> we 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 think people know who you are. So what's what's going on at the moment? So um, I'm limited to my training at the moment, um, as the majority of people are. So um, the current conditions around my training is, obviously I'm limited to equipment where it's um, dumbbells, which go up to 50, which is not too bad, a cable stack, um, a lap pull down and an adductor machine. And it's in like a little room. And I have about an hour to do a session. And... Um, Sometimes it does go over and it's how I'm approaching training at the moment. It's like I'm going in, I'm doing the the most I can within that hour. It's like a time challenge. And um, yeah, at the moment I'm prioritizing the most important shit. And if I don't have time, like today, I did not, you know, I got, it was pull day today. So I prioritized back movements and um, I had to miss out on uh, biceps, traps, and RDLs, unfortunately, uh, but you know it's it's just how it is. Uh, to to be fair, I have been quite fortunate with the lockdown uh, up until pretty much a couple of weeks ago. Through throughout, like since the lockdown started, I've always had a decent place to train with decent amount of kit. So, you know, I suppose I have been luckier than most uh, in that respect. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think. You know, like we talked about it in uh, in our check-ins, mate. You know, you have you have had access to to pretty decent gyms for the most part. It's just been unfortunate that that right now, the position you're in is 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 not the best, but it's definitely a lot better than you know just training at home with with bands and stuff. Do oh, you yeah. um? Could you walk us through like sort of what was happening when you were training at Prophecy, like what you were having to do? Um, how 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 did that how, like how did that work out? if you care to enlighten us a little bit on that. Yeah, man. So whilst, whilst training at Prophecy, it was, um, it was like an exclusive club, you know? Um, you weren't literally, you weren't saying, like the, how we found out, how I found out about Prophecy is a friend just went on the off chance in case it might be open. And um, it was. So that, that's the only way, that's the only way I fucking knew it was open because my friend was just crazy enough to drive all the way to Liverpool and hope that it was open out of pure desperation to train. So what, what you do is you don't, I, you don't do it anymore because you can't fucking get in the place is, for obvious reasons. But um, the uh, you don't park a car park and you park somewhere else and you walk up to the door and they check the cameras and they will let you in. And then you train and whatnot. And um, what was happening is police cars were, were pulling up at the car park, and because the cameras are monitored all the time, um, like when when the police turned up, it was like, right, okay, police are here. We'll stay indoors until they fucked off. And um, there was times where we had to sort of um, hide, you know, a little bit, and. Um, yeah, it was. It just got more and more ridiculous. I, 
like each time we got away with it, I'm like, wow, okay, that was close. And then it got worse and he started staying for longer and I was getting there and I'm like, oh, I forgot my post-workout meal. I hope they don't stay for too long. There for like six hours, you know? <laughs> I'm like, fuck, you know? I, I've been at this gym for like um, for like a whole eight hours and I've got an hour's drive back. So the last time I remember, and it was ridiculous. It was like another long wait and... Um, you know, I had a little, I had a little peek outside, and there's flashing lights everywhere. I was like, "Oh shit!" You know, there's cars surrounded everywhere, and it was like a murder scene. It was like someone had killed someone, and uh, I was like, "Hmm, I wonder how they're gonna get us out of this one." And um, it got to the point where, like, we were just waiting and waiting, and and someone someone lied about being kidnapped by the gym and that's why there was that many police officers there and um that's why they weren't going usually they didn't really have a reason to stick around but this time you know it was treated as a kidnap charge and (laughs) it was funny because we were we were sort of um we were waiting and i was like right okay you know, they will get us out of this one. They always do. And eventually got to a point where it was like, right, okay, um, we're just going to have to run for it. And I was like, Haha, good one. No, like, but seriously, you are going to have to run for it. So um, when, uh, when that happened, like the first instance, everyone was just running out and everything. I was, I was with Molly, right? And she was absolutely terrified having a panic attack. You know, she don't want to run at police officers. Um, I was like, it's going to be okay. We'll just stick back a little bit and see what the first wave does. See how that happens <laughs> out. And uh, like Call of Duty, mate, or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it was kind of, it was all kinds of fucked up. I was like, you know, it was like, there were just normal people in, inside. And then we're all getting amped up. And like, whew, whew, like, we were about to do a fucking deadlift. And I was like, I was like, come on. Right. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, right, I need to get my steadhead energies out. And I'm just like, fucking, I'm ready. I'm ready. And I fucking get to the, and everyone's charging out. And I get to the fucking front of it. I'm literally at one of the doors. I'm seeing everyone just getting absolutely battered. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> no. I, I already lost my momentum by then. I was like, I look, you know, I was with Mal. I was like, yeah, if I make it, then she, you know, she's probably not. And if someone starts attacking Mal, then... I'm going to go to prison. Um, and yeah, so we stayed back. I watched the cameras. I saw fucking Nathan Dash get kicked in the stomach. That was crazy. Um, and then we just, we just walked out. We just walked out until they died down and, you know, stopped hitting people <laughs> and tasering people. And then you, you did get stopped though, didn't you? Like you did get stopped by an officer, even though you're walking slow and you're coming out slow. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, he slapped the cuffs on me as well, which was nice. Well, at least you can tell the grandchildren you've been in cuffs. Yeah, it was like it was a, it was a, it was a nice it was a you know experience, yeah. and um, it was like a big bucket list life experience. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was like, I had the cuffs, and I was just rolling them around because I was a bit fidgety and cold. And they were like, "Can you please stop doing that?" And they're asking <laughs> questions. I'm like, "Well, I." I I can't help it. I'm cold. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you did you remember your post workout that day? That day, um, yeah. I Good. was I remember my post workout, but I didn't remember my post post workout. Yeah, yeah. Because I did I did tell you after like the first incident that like bring all your meals with you. Yeah, which I did. And every time that I didn't, <laughs> which was the one something time happened. something <laughs> happened. I was like, right, okay. I don't have enough time to prep for the day. I'm just going to hope that I just don't get caught up with the police. And that always seemed to be the day. Yeah. And I would go there, like on the other days when I've prepped all these meals and like I've prepped them for, for nothing because nothing's happened. So, yeah. From talking to people in there, were there, were there people that were traveling from like ages and ages away <sighs> to get to yeah. this gym? Yeah. Yeah. There were people traveling from all, all sorts, like, you know, people were traveling ages and ages away because this was the only option that they did have and to try the same same with myself you know there were some people who were surprised that i was traveling there for like four or five times a week 
Um, I lived like an hour away, but I was like, what else am I going to do? You know? I, I, I sit here and I just couldn't imagine sessions being like that, like just being so distracted, like being in midway for a hack or midway for an RDL or squat and you say police are here we need to hide and stuff like that and then you know you're halfway through your session and then it gets delayed for like an hour or so then you go back at it and then it's just like ah oh. yeah so i mean people what would happen when the police came people were still training it was just that they turned the music off and they're like don't, don't scream during your sets and i was like hmm, okay um but like it, it was a bit of a weird one because when the first time when police came and everyone just tried to fucking run away before, uh, but the police started coming where they were surrounding the building. So uh, people were staying in, obviously. And um, yeah, it got to the point, but I have a weird sort of sense of humor during this this like bit. Like people have been been there for hours, like about four or five hours, and I'm walking to people on machines. I'm like, have you got many more sets left on that? Like they're obviously just sitting there because they're waiting. I'm just trying to fucking take the piss. <laughs> you've always been like that though, mate. Like you've always been pretty relaxed and pretty jokey. Like I knew that when it all happened, um, you didn't, obviously you were very, very, I think you were upset. Definitely. Like after what you'd seen, but which is I'm more angry than anything. Yeah. Angry and upset. Angry. Yeah. But yeah. it didn't really stress you out that much, which I think is something that's of note is that, you weren't messaging me like worrying or like over stressing about something that you know ultimately is beyond your control like you always did the, the best of your ability in that situation yeah. um which i think is that what a lot of people do struggle with sometimes with bodybuilding is that because they care so much about the goal and they care so much about what they've got to do to try and get it done and for someone like yourself especially you know you know going assisted and, and having these bigger goals you know the care and the amount of hours and money that you're pouring into this is 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 extremely high and you know you i think a lot of people would think that you'd stress out a lot more about that but you but you don't and you've always been like that even when you've been at shows you you've been very very low stress yeah, um, I have I have like a little formula that I like to to go to um, to just keep me to keep me quite chilled out. Like you know, you have a problem, can you do something about it? Yes, then why worry? And um, you have a problem, you can't do anything about it. No, like why worry? You know, it's not you know it's not as simple as that. It doesn't apply to every single um, situation. But genuinely, if you can't do something about the problem, then there's no point in worrying. Worrying's not going to do anything. Same for if you can solve it, then don't worry about it. There's a solution. On, I've, read, on, I've, read, I've read a really good book. Um, it's called the, the Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Um, and yeah, that, there's a chapter in that which really speaks about, um, you know, controlling what you can control. And that's really opened up even just how I feel like in situations which make me feel negative, I sit there and go, well, I can control the way that I feel towards that or towards that person or how that person's made me feel. So instead of me sitting there and, you know, feeling sorry for myself or why me, why this, I thought, you know what, let's do something about it. Let's actually find my happiness again yeah. and get out of this mood, whatever I do. And I think that that's helped massively just by reading that book and that chapter and what you said really has reminded me as well. Like, actually, I can control a lot of things more than what I know. It's just in certain situations where things don't go your way, you sit there and fucking think it's the end of the world. Yeah, um, exactly. Exactly. You know, you take a big problem. A lot of people have a big problem. And, you know, a year later, you're not even thinking about that fucking problem. You know, you've got to think that you've, overcome every single issue in your life that's ever happened you know like I, I've been in times where I was like fuck how am I going to get out of this now it's not even a concern and actually then, I actually want to kind of touch on that a little bit and I think it's a, like a nice time in the podcast to to take take us down this route so I want to talk a little bit more about struggles that you've been through that are actually probably more significant than, than what you've been through recently and the issues that you've had with training and things like that. So can you sort of take us back to 
actually probably even even if there's stuff before the moment in which you started coaching with me or um anything you'd liked that you think is bringing up is, is a good idea um just talk us a little bit through the process in which you, you you've come through the struggles that you've had even just within sort of like living daily life and things like that um you know where to take this so i'll leave it yeah so for those that don't know i was um before i started coaching with aj i was um a little bit homeless you know i was sofa surfing and things like that and um how we (laughs) basically i was trying to prep for a show at the same time as this in, in 2018 i was prepping for like the british and I remember prepping and um, I was living at the YMCA at the time because I had to find a place to live, but I didn't have enough money to to find a place to live. I just started out coaching and I just wanted it as my full-time job. And then I was hit with this conundrum. And um, it just got to a point where I had to move out of that YMCA into another one, but I had to surf for surf at the same time. And um, the other YMCA was a lot fucking worse as well. And it got to a point in my prep where I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I was in such a state of denial for a long time where I was just, um, I didn't have anywhere to cook. I was going in and buying like a packet chicken and some bagels to, to just eat my prep. And I was using someone else's pure gym code to train and, um, you know, sleeping on someone else's couch, waiting for a place, this new YMCA. And, um, I just, I just thought like, fuck, okay, I need to get my life together because it's, it's falling apart and I'm trying to, I'm in that much denial. I'm just pretending I'm prepping for a show when that, you know, it's not the case. And um, after that point, you know, I just, I stopped training a bit and I, I, I went into a little hole of like, wow, I'm, I'm fucked because with this new YMCA, you weren't allowed to work. Well, you could work, but the service charge was a grand. Um, and that's before any utilities, a grand a month. And obviously I couldn't afford that. So we forced people to go on benefits. And that, that was the case for everyone. You know, if you could afford to pay like 1400 quid for your accommodation, then you would be in the YMCA. And uh, so that meant I had to give up my, my business. And, you know, that was my income. And that means I, I was only left with benefits. And I got to a point where I was eating out of food parcels. Um, you know, like a lot, these these flats that were provided by the YMCA, when I got it, um, there was like, there was glass on the floor, there was holes that had been punched through and, and stuff like that. And, um, you know, it, it was very bare minimum. So like we would knock on other people's flats to, to use the microwave or to use a bit of cutlery if you've had any. Um, and... Yeah, it was it was kind of crazy, and this is where I actually picked up smoking weed as well, because it, that's that's all all people did to just get by. Because without that, they're staring at a fucking wall and waiting for the day to go. So smoking weed just made that easier. Um, because we literally had fuck all, man. Um, I remember at the time I broke my phone as well, like um, which was the wor- <laughs> the worst time it could break. So I didn't even have a phone, <laughs> and it was um. You know, I saved a bit of money to get that fixed. And um, I thought, I had the, I had this weird epiphany. I was smoking some weed in someone else's flat. Um, I was like, holy fuck, you know, I will die one day. And uh, if I don't do something about this, this is how my life's going to go. And I will not live before I die. And um, I was like, fuck, I've got to do something about this. And um, I remember messaging you, AJ. I was like, I, I need, I need to just get back doing something. I need to, I need to, I need a focus. I need some, a direction to go into. And uh, we were going back and forward. And um, you said, you know, I'll help you out. I, I, I see potential with it, within you. And, you know, it was crazy. I was like, fuck, you know, I had, this was the, the, that point in time, I only really had Molly by my side and to have someone who looked at me and go and saw some worth in me at that point in time, because people were very quick to leave. And, you know, whilst I was in the YMCA, very quick to just go discard that guy, you know, 
So for for like someone like AJ to go, you know, we can we can do you have potential, you can win a British and shit, we can get back on it, we can try and regain some muscle, we can try and do it. I was like, fuck yeah, you know, let's get back on the horse. And um I uh at the time I had this crazy guy trying to threatening to stab me, so I had to just fucking deal with that. But I remember that. Fuck me, yeah. Yeah, mate, Ugh, mate, it was like this guy was hearing stuff and he, he he was threatening to stab me and they blamed it on me for aggravating him, which I wasn't. So they had to move me from one site to an even worse site where everyone I lived with had been in prison. Like there was no age cap and there was it was not a dry zone. So people were drinking on site and shit like that. And that was by far like if you ever see where fucking if you ever looked at like a crackhead on the street and think, where are they from? I was at that place where they were from, and and um, like it was, it was, it was mad. But it was funny because the day I was moving, they moved me. Was the day of the competition of the British, and it was like a, it was kind of a better moment. But yeah. yeah anyway, just getting in touch with AJ. That was like the start of the ball rolling. I was like, you know, me and Mull. We uh, were like, right, okay, we need to get out of this. We'll scrape together some money and we'll, we'll try to find a place that will accommodate us. Um, I remember getting some house viewings and um, we, we paid a lot of the money that we had to get to Stoke and they cancelled all but one house viewing and this house was just, was no better than where I was living really, not much better. It's kind of a shithole. I was like, well, we can't live here. And I remember we were just sitting in this cafe having a coffee um, in, in Stoke. And I was like, I need, I'm not going back there. I can't go back there. I need to get out of this place. If I go back there, I don't know if I'm going to come out. Um, and um, I phoned everywhere. I phoned all the agencies. I was like, have you got a place? Have you got a place? No, sorry, we are not without a booking. You know, we need some notice. And this one place, like, if you could get to this place in 15 minutes, you know, someone we've just had a cancellation, we'll view you. And I was like, right, well, ditch the fucking coffee. Let's make a run for it. We've got 15 minutes. We ran <laughs> and we ran uh, to this place and uh, we got in there and I told them the circumstance. I was like, we have jobs lined up. We didn't. Um, we can we can pay for this place. I mean, we couldn't. <laughs> But like, I was like, you know, everything's lined up. I could pay, pay for this place. I don't have pay slips. I don't have a job at the moment, but I could pay for this place. And, um, you know, he, I've got I've got a, de a deposit. You know, we just about had enough for a deposit. And um, that, that, you know, I, I, it must have been like a dodgy agency because I don't know why they said yes. Don't know why they said yes. Because I wouldn't have said yes to me. Like... <laughs> <laughs> but it did. And I was like, I remember having this, this bit of relief. And I was like, you know, I, I, I said, to, uh, it was just a, a bit of relief. And I was like, I remember shouting out, like, fuck yeah. yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Cause I, I just, that was the escape bit that, that like, that was like a fucking, the way out. I had the way out. And as soon as that, as soon as we got into this place, I was like, right, well, we need to get a job. No, <laughs> we need to get some money right now. And we both like, we were just going on Indeed um, and just applying for any fucking job we could get. And I started up Imperium at the same time, uh, back up uh, so I could coach. And um, yeah, the rest is history in regards to that. And, you know, me and um, AJ obviously prepped for the 2019 season. And um, yeah, man, we just uh, we we did okay in that in that season. I'd like to say, and um, you know, like I said, the rest is history. Jeez, well, if you're if you've been listening to that, I'm sure you've gone on a hell of a journey. I didn't even know some of those bits, to be fair. Did I? Um, you you know I what? <laughs> when I got told, you see, this is the weird sense of humor that I have, right? I got told when I was in the other YMCA and they came in and I was with Molly's like, you know, you've got to, you've got to take your stuff with you. You've got, you've got an hour to move. And, um, I laughed. I was laughing. I was like, I was like, huh, that is actually terrible news. Imagine that, you know, 
That's like fucking the irony of that situation. I was like, hmm, that's what a way to start the day. And I was laughing. I turned around, I was like, Molly wasn't so, didn't find it so funny. I was like, okay, I'm going to stop laughing now. (laughs) 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 Oh, mate. Yeah, no, thank you very much for for sort of taking us like through that, that journey. I appreciate that it's hard to definitely record some of that, but equally it's probably in some way when you record it, you probably think, you know, you have an immense sense of gratitude for where you're at right now. You know, you know, people find it weird when I say I'm grateful for that to happen because now everything just seems like a blessing, you know, no matter how life, you know, like, yeah, everything, everything seems like a blessing. You know, I'm grateful to have my own fucking microwave. I'm grateful to have a roof over my head and I can fucking eat whatever I want. I can go to the shop to buy whatever the fuck I want to the exact gram I want, want it at, you know, and problems just seem minute. And, um, you know, it's, it's just taught me like I had to find happiness without money. And it's taught me to appreciate the little things and, not to be materialistic and to just be happy with what I have around me. And um, that's such a very powerful perspective to have. And it's something that people go throughout the entirety of their lives, searching for, you know, buying things, make them happy and trying to search for happiness within other things and not realizing that perspective. I'm very glad I, I, I got that. And that's like worth, that's priceless in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think you got it in its in its. <laughs> I think you got it in its rawest form as well, um, because a lot of people think, oh, you know, I, I grew up with you know not that much, or I didn't grow up with rich parents, so I I, I now appreciate everything I've got. But I think like, I haven't been through anything that you've been through, and I know for a fact that you've got more a greater appreciation of what you have right now than. I would have in your situation. I'm more than happily open to 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 say that. Um, and in a, in 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 some way, like I'm, I sometimes think about that. And I sometimes almost think that I'm a little, I'm a little almost jealous of that because, like, there's some things that I have in my life that other people would appreciate so much that maybe I don't appreciate enough. Um, and I think that's something that I, I can definitely take from what you've just said there. And I think probably 99% of the podcast listeners can probably take it home as well. Um, and also that 1% that may be in a, a position like yourself or feel like they're at a loss at the moment, they know from that story that things can change. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I, I'm always quite open with that. Like, I don't, I don't try to shame it. I'm not ashamed of it because it's part of my path. It's part of my journey uh, to where I am. And it's also, I feel like it's an important thing to sort of share because there are many people who get into a position where they're like, fuck, there's no way out. And uh, sometimes they shit the bed. And, um, you know, more, more times than not, there's always a way out. Yeah. It's... Um, I, I like to I like to have like a t- sort of analogy, you know. A lot of sometimes people look at a situation, the mind could be their own worst enemy, and they could go, "Oh fuck, you know, I can't do anything about this." But like, I like to, you know, go into the head. Someone says, "Do this," or else we're going to fucking blow your brains out. Like, you will find a way to do it. Yeah, you know, that's like with any scenario. If you apply that with any, you can apply that with like, you know, it you say like you're deep on prep, you know, and like you're starving, you've got no energy, you're crawling and you're like, I can't, I don't know if I could do a cardio session right now or a training session. Someone points a gun at you and you say, do it or else I'll fucking blow your head up. <laughs> you will do that session and you'll probably do it with some good intent. It's within you. You can do it. It's just your mindset. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I, I've, I've said this, like time and time again to, to friends and to people like I really don't like the words I can't because it, it, it a lot of the time like I can't is used when your mindset just hasn't got the capacity to, to think about what you can actually do 
Hmm. No. Um, and one of your things you used to say during prep and definitely something that I took into last year's prep was the whole too fucking easy thing. Um, yeah. And it's like it literally is a mindset of like whether you approach a day thinking, Jesus, this is going to drag me through the dirt or whether I'm going to be able to look at this day and think, well, actually, it's too easy. I'd rather it be harder. Yeah. That mindset shift is just a game changer. Literally, you know, it's like what I'm what I have to do. And what I'm prepared to do in comparison, it's just too fucking easy, you know? I used to hear that on, uh, I think it was prep. Yeah, prep. I used to hear you say that and I was thinking, fuck, you know, this geezer's just go. Because I used to, I remember, and I always, I don't know why I'm even bringing this up. Uh, me and you had that photo side by side. Uh, I think AJ, I think AJ, you took it, didn't you? I remember that photo. <laughs> this geezer's just, it's just saying to, I just, I remember, I was like, fucking hell, no wonder he says it's too fucking easy. Look at the fucking size of this fucker. I, I, that's where I got your sort of cockiness because I was thinking, this guy's fucking cocky. How about if he gets slaughtered? And then I, I saw more of you and I was like, fucking hell, okay, yeah, no, no wonder he's got this mindset because you can, you know, um, and just going through your passes and, and what you've spoke about, you know, you've dealt through like a prep for you is probably fucking nothing when it compares to what you've done in the past in terms of, you know, you're almost kind of just surviving off pretty much nothing, you know, uh, and you're telling me a prep prep's very easy for you. Um, so yeah, you definitely, especially like, like 2018, uh, 2019, sorry, that fucking opened my eyes up and, uh, I did learn a thing or two. Um, can we go and talk about like just, obviously transitioning from the, the natural side of things. We got to go into that too much because obviously you've spoken about that huge amounts on podcasts before, but kind of tell, just tell people how long you've been assisted now and kind of what's it been like over this past well, past year or so, well over a year now, mm. uh, in terms of like obviously the lockdowns, have you been able to push things as much as what you would like? Have you started pushing things and all of a sudden you're having to train out of a garage and you've got minimal equipment. You're thinking, is this really worth it? What, what's kind of been that sort of thing um, over the past sort of year in terms of transitioning to, to what you've done? Yeah. So um, I started, I started using gear in November, 2019. So this was like a couple of weeks after I finished my show and, you know, I, it was in, consideration during well it's been a consideration for years like anyone who bodybuilds like it, it it automatically crosses your mind don't it like but this is it was in consideration i was like right okay i've done a couple of seasons i need to know where i'm taking bodybuilding i'm at that age where i need a direction to take bodybuilding and i decided right you know i want to i want to take it all the way basically i want to be an ifbb pro i want to I, you know, what made that decision quite clear was the, the athletes I was looking at and I was admiring and I was thinking about, you know. Now, natural bodybuilding is something that I'll always have in my heart. I think it's just one of the fucking hardest sports out there. Um, but I've always been sort of really interested in, you know, the, your, your fucking Dorians, your Ronnies, your, your big fucking motherfuckers, basically. And... Um, yeah, so I had it, and then going into 2020, obviously we had the lockdowns, but like I said, I was quite fortunate with my ability to train. I had the facilities to train, and it was good. Um, you know, I, I made a decent amount of progress that I can't really grumble at, you know? Um, and I approached it with, with principles that I didn't have in my other off-seasons, you know, stuff that was like ingrained into my fucking head by AJ, you know, training style, you know, my focus on recovery has never been so fucking there, you know what I mean? You know, and my, you know, how my training was set up, how my nutrition was set up, everything. Like it was, wasn't just the assistant side of the things. It was like, it was the other stuff as well, which all came together and get, to give me a decent amount of, you know, sort of, progression to where I needs to be so um I'm happy with the amount of progress that I made especially with the circumstance now that I'm training in my current circumstance I'm just like I can't do anything about it you know it's like I can't can't grumble because I've had that opportunity to make the progress that I've made and you know I, I should be happy with that 
you know, ideally, you know, we all want to be training in, in a gym, but it is what it is. So I'm just like, I just, I'm just counting down the rest of these weeks until I could go back into to a gym, you know? Yeah. From a, oh, go, go on, AJ, sorry. From a response perspective, obviously I've taken you through the process, so I kind of know the answers to these questions, but from a response perspective in terms of hopping across to, to, to the, um, the assisted side, have you been happy overall with the progression you've made did you think you would make more progress did you think you would be bigger by now what are your thoughts in terms of the first sort of full year of you being uh, assisted so i had in mind i had in mind i want to gain 20 pounds of i want to gain 20 pounds of muscle in the first year i just had that in mind i was like um i've seen other people when they first start the cycle and i saw that that's the gain that they could potentially make if they put in the graft. I was like, right, I'm going to do everything I fucking can. And I feel like I got round about that number within the first year. So I'm happy with that. You know, that was the goal I set out. I was told, you know, I was told by, by someone like that was quite an ambitious number. I would like to think just comparing the photos um, that I have made that number. And yeah, I'm happy with that because I've, I've hit a number that I set out to be. And um yeah, I, I'm happy with the response because the thing is when you when you do start assistance, it's, it's very like you can it can affect people in different ways. People can can respond off it in in all manner of ways, and I think I had a decent response. You know, it could have been a lot worse. You know, and from a side effects perspective. A lot of people worry. These are the two biggest things that I think people are, are interested in with, with going assisted is how much progress am I going to make and what are the side effects going to be? I think the first thing they think about is the progress. The second yeah. thing they think about is the side effects. So what side effects have you experienced and how have you dealt with them? Like, I do feel as though I, I started too high. And that, that's me. I'm just going to be like, right, okay, I started too high. I'm holding my hands up. I, it wasn't detrimental. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a stupid amount, but it was higher than I probably should have. I think that's when I experienced the most amount of side effects, like especially coming straight out of prep. You know, I came straight out of prep when my hormones were in the gutter, and then I, I put a physiological amount of hormones in me. You know, a super physiological yeah. amount. And um, that's when, you know, I, I was having estrogenic side effects. I, my, my face started looking all puffy. Um, I, I had a little bit of anxiety. It wasn't too much of a concern. And I, I felt like some little lumps on, under my nipples. And, you know, I just, I got that sorted out straight away as soon as that happened. As soon as I sorted that out, I haven't really had side effects, you know. You know, I've had the effects of... You know, feeling like I'm on test. I'm feeling like I'm on top of the world. You know, sometimes when I'm on the cycle, I'm feeling confident. I feel like I'm aggressive to train. Like that's there. And I feel good. I feel like I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to fuck shit up. You know, sometimes, sometimes you get your libido. You know, sometimes that's up and down when you're coming on and off stuff. And sometimes you get your libido to a place where like you cannot fucking sleep. <laughs> because you just really need to fucking sort it out. So that that can be an issue. I can disrupt sleep. So Oh Molly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what I'm gonna say is vice versa, that, that happened when I was deep on fucking prep and she couldn't fucking sleep. So you know what I mean? Like that's payback bitch. I don't give you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've some of that, you know what I mean? But yeah, uh, yeah in regards to the side effect type of thing, it's it's not been too bad. You know, I've been, since the first bit, I've been quite sensible with increments. We pretty much kept it the same throughout the entirety of the year. Yeah, getting um, the most from the least. Yeah, exactly. Had bloods done on a regular basis. We monitored health markers and, you know, we took health supplements. With that in mind, you know... And when you monitor that sort of heavy, you, it's very hard for side effects to just creep up and go boom. Yeah. You know, 
because you're monitoring it all the time. I didn't really struggle with things like acne or anything like that. I would say my beard's got a little bit fuller. I used to have like a beard where it was just like Abraham Lincoln and you could just grow there. I remember that. Yeah. Going up a little bit. It's not fully, it's not like a full George, but it's there. It's getting there. You know, George is, George is what I'm aspiring to be like. I don't know. I, I don't know how many drugs I would need to take to get to that level. But... <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Yeah. You have to send me your cycle, George. <laughs> from an aggression standpoint is it like is it n- noticeably more aggressive because you 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 poured a lot of aggression into your training when you were natural like i trained with you a lot of times when you were natural um and you definitely like mate some of your presses especially when you were natural were absolutely absurd um and there was a lot of aggression going into those sets and, and power but 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 do you, does it feel like noticeably different when you are on cycle uh, in terms of what you're able to pour into a set or into a specific, you know, session in the gym. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can feel it, and you know, I there, there was times where like I would see the hack spot, and like I, I would look at the weight, and it's a weight that I've never seen before, and I would laugh at it because I'm so ready to fucking lift it. Um, now sometimes I'd be. Maybe that a lot as well. So sometimes it's like obviously I've been there's points where you get anxious for a big set. That doesn't seem to be uh, the case when you're fully on. And um, you're like, right, I'm going to smash the fuck out of it. You're fully confident. I feel like just that mindset alone helps you to perform that set, you know? Um, Just having that mindset and that confidence, like I am going to be able to to do this with the exact way I want to do it, you know? uh, don't get me wrong, like, regardless of if you're assisted or not, you're going to have bad sessions sometimes. Sessions aren't going to go your way. You're still going to have sessions where you feel a little bit meh, you know what I mean? So you're not you're not immune to that. You know, it's not like every fucking session you're making crazy PBs and, you know, you're feeling on top of the world. You're not, you're not you know, that's not always going to be the case. You're so I did bodybuilding bollocks whatever you want to call it fluid abby adds podcast and he says obviously you know the drug side of things is good for that one hour in the day that you're training outside of that it's it's not what you ideally would want so with 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 yourself do you know have you found that you've built up more aggression in like other certain situations or you know there's some moment where you flipped out and you think hang on that's not normally me or you know i'm obviously sleep things like that obviously sweating at night all these different things that a lot of people don't realize um have you noticed anything like that like or, or anything that's kind of surprised you that you didn't expect to see yourself doing or expect to be a side effect when you have been you know using the gear side of things yeah so you de- you definitely do feel it outside the gym um you can feel it outside the gym i do feel like dorian uh, dorian said something like th- i saw this when i was natural and it was like yes you do get aggressive but it doesn't mean you have to be a dickhead to people. You just put it into the gym. And I just find like I could pour it more into the gym. And that's sort of the gym side of things takes the brunt of that. And you um, say like, if I do have a little bit, if I am more sensitive to be a little bit more irritable, I've learned how to deal with that shit on prep. So I can handle that sort of fine. But like I say, I'm not on, I'm not on a crazy amount of drugs, you know. There's like, there's like, I'm, I'm only, I've only really taken test and a little bit of Decker so far. Um, for my other cycles, for someone who's on like trend, on a good amount of trend, then potentially they're going to be like, there's going to be more severity with that, with the sweats at night, and they're going to be feeling like they're going to be a little bit snappy. That is. That, that's when it's more prominent. So, you know, it, it also depends on... It, it, people say, like, if you are a dickhead off gear, you're going to be a bigger dickhead on gear. So you've just got to learn not to be a dickhead, essentially. And, um, yeah, you've got to be sensible with your drug use as well. Because if you are, you know, if you just go straight into a high amount, not only is that going to be detrimental to your health, your head's going to be everywhere. And you're probably going to be snapping at people like you don't want to, like, you know, like, no tomorrow, basically. 
Yeah, for sure. I think one thing that I definitely want to touch on, and I'm sure listeners will want to know as well, is what realistically is is your next sort of big goal with this whole endeavor that you're going through at the moment with going assisted. Um, when do you want to achieve this? What what are your sort of plans at the moment in terms of next competition and the goal with that? So I want to I want to be a pro. I want to be an IFBB pro. That is the next thing. I don't want to I don't really want to um I don't really want to waste time and um, compete if I don't stand a decent type chance of becoming a pro or if I can't hold my own within within these types of qualifying shows. So the, the whole the whole approach has been the same. The whole goal has been the same in my mind every single day since I started this and I made the decision and that is to become good enough to be um, earning a chance to have a pro card. Yeah. You know, I want to have that potential. So my next, my next show will will be when obviously AJ and also myself sort sort of looks at me and goes, right, okay, you know, we we have a decent chance of of obtaining that pro card. You know, play placing highly at these shows. Yeah, and that's what we said, isn't it? Like when we get the green light on gyms and. I can see you in person. It's almost a case of this year, you coming down, having a look at you with where you're at the moment, which is a, you know, f- for where you're at, body weight wise, high two thirties. You know, it's a fucking good look, um, at least on progress images. Um, it's a very very good look. So if that if that represents itself in person, and I also think our plan is to get you in front of Cuba as well, um, just so Cuba can have a look. So obviously he's got his eyes on people that are going for that goal as well. Um, mm. If not more than I have my eyes on those kind of people. Um, so we'll get his thoughts on things. Um, and then if if we do think that, that this year is viable, then there's no reason why not. There's no reason why you can't chase it down this year. You've had a decent year. Yes, the last two weeks and the next five might not be the best, but out of the grand scheme of, of the year, it's been it's been 90, 90%, 95% quality training in decent gyms with progression and with lots of visible progress. So yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I've always said to people, like people have asked, like, when are you gonna next compete? And I've just said when I'm ready, whenever that will be, you know. Um and that that that's what it is. Like I'm not I'm not one of those that will say. I, I want to potentially earn a pro card by the time I'm 25. Okay. I think that'd be nice. Yeah. It'd be nice to have. I, I feel like that's realistic as well. Um, so um, yeah, that that's the goal. A pro card before 25, essentially. Fucking sick. Let's get it. What about beyond that? Um, then what I'll retire. That? I will retire after that. Retire. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it, like the goal from that is obviously just <laughs> just in just in stages, man. So the next one's going to be good enough to obtain a pro card, and then I want to be good enough to be placing at pro shows. Yeah, you know. So I, I I feel like I will have a similar approach. Just go away for a little bit, improve, and come back where I can be competitive within a decent pro show. Well, within a pro show, should I say, and then. You know, probably the next goal would be, you know, to be fucking placing first. And then the next goal will probably be to be competitive within a decent pro show, like say the Arnolds. And then probably the next one would be, you know, be holding my own again on the Olympia. But this is like obviously long term stuff. And then um, by the time I'm uh, 27, win the Olympia. <laughs> <laughs> You definitely thought it all through, haven't you? <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, I think I, I'm, I'm only joking. Like, it would probably be fucking years and years before I get to the point where I'm uh, competitive at the Olympia, if that becomes the thing. But yeah, that is the goal. That's uh, that's every sort of pro's dream. Everyone wants to start. Every IFBB pro pretty much wants to stand on the Olympia stage and hold their own. You know. 
I think you're um, you're more than capable of doing that. It's just a matter of time, mate. And for me, it's just quite refreshing to see the just no bullshit sort of approach that you um, you know talk about throughout this podcast and just in general through knowing you. You don't care, you know, you're very honest about that. And I think a lot of people respect that. And a lot of people look up to that, especially, especially myself. I, I, you rarely ever see, you know, someone who goes assisted talk about it much. You know, there's quite a lot of people that are quite, you know, secretive about it. And you can kind of tell just through, you know, the years of experience, just through training and just knowing people. Yeah, hang on, he's got a little bit big eye or something. But you're just very honest and transparent about it. And that's what I really like. Um and I'm excited for it, mate. I really am excited to see even just what you can do if you compete this year or next year or whenever it's going to be. I'm, you know, I'll be the first one to be following that journey. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, it's very, very refreshing for, for me anyway, because I, I, I like the no bullshit sort of approach. I like the straightforward answers. Um, so yeah, mate, I'm, I'm excited. So that's for sure. Too right. Absolutely. Have you got anything else you want to cover, particularly Georgia? I think we're at a good point to potentially wrap things up. Yeah, I think I think I've covered what I needed to cover. In all honesty, um, it's, I, I love the story at the beginning. I wanted to find out about the uh, the old uh, prophecy sort of situation and stuff like that. I'm glad you spoke about that. That was uh, when I saw your uh, IG um, on Instagram talking about. I was like, "Fucking hell!" That's why I said to AJ, "Let's get Jack on." So I, I want to actually talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it was it was it was mad. Like it was, I was in it with that. I I. I what got me was my own denial about the situation where I looked out in the window and it was like fucking impossible to get out of. And I was like, hmm, okay, we just need a bit more time now. We'll just wait this one out. You know, it's like something that I've seen out of a movie, you'd never seen it before, like a fucking diehard or something. I'm like, yeah, okay, well, that's gonna, well, we're not gonna get out yet. I think when you're in that situation, that's probably why it took you a couple of days to come out of it. Is that it almost feels like it's not kind of real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's one mm. of those, one of those quite shocking experiences. It did, it did feel quite surreal. You know, it, it did feel quite crazy. And just seeing just seeing the response to obviously someone entering the gym, the response by the police, I was like, holy shit, I didn't think that would be go down like this. I thought the worst case scenario, people are gonna be fined. Yeah. Fucking hit you know yeah crazy anyway jack we thank you very much for your time dude appreciate you as always we'll leave you to finish off any remains of that meal or uh in in the case of you probably going immediately into your next meal as you are uh, a, a pro grazer as you like to comment on i'm like a cow um, yeah you are like a cow mate it's, it's a problem when you need it fits you're not meant to graze on grass all day <laughs> or cows or mushrooms yeah, they're true. They're, some of the, some of them are massive. Um, anyway, listeners, thank you very much for the support on the recent episodes. Thank you for listening to this one, and uh, we will uh, we will chat to you guys soon. Of course, any recommendations for the next guest, please do put it in the comment section. We do we do read the comments, and we do uh, we will definitely get on some of the guests that you have mentioned before. So, thanks, guys, and speak soon.